0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your host, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in
2: 76ers is presented by betonline.ag. It's that time of the year again as college basketball takes center stage with the tournament finally upon us. It's March Madness, people, let's go! If you're looking to wager this year, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including the bracket contest where you have a chance to take home the top prize. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet online, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash. I'm here with our host, former point guard, Eric uh, Eric Snow, and uh, Tasia Dash, my brother. Uh, So how are you guys doing? I know last time we spoke was before March Madness. Since then, there's been a a couple upsets here and there. I hope everyone's bracket's still alive.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm good. I think, um, you know, my, my, my team is still playing and my champion is still playing. So I think I can, um, win my family bracket again this year, hopefully.
2: Hey, there you go. There you go. Hanging by
1: a thread, hanging by a thread. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I think everyone's still, everyone's, unless you had Kentucky winning, everyone still thinks they got the championship uh, bracket on their hands. So yeah. good luck to all you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <Trust me. laughs> All right, so last time we spoke, it was like gearing up for the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers game. Uh, obviously, we won that game, so now we are 3-0 against the Cavs, just one more game to sweep uh, the Cleveland. But um, kind of reflecting on that game, um, that was another game where the starters kind of played major minutes um, and had kind of very little bench support. Um, so that's kind of where my question is going here. That's something that a lot of fans and NBA experts are pointing out. And as a reason for hesitation with the Sixers is not getting a lot from the bench. Yeah. How worried are you guys about the lack of bench production so far?
0: Um, it's a concern of mine. I think, um, the you know, you look at the production, I think a lot of the production comes from the minutes. Um, I mean, you have, you know, a guy like Shake Milton that was pretty consistent um, in the lineup. You had um, some other guys that was pretty consistent in the lineup. And then if you start wavering those minutes or you start dropping those minutes, you can't expect this, that same production. So I think, um, yes, I think in the playoffs you want to get a solid eight and, and have a nine is there because you, you really don't go much higher than that. Um, unless you get into foul trouble or injuries or something like that. But I think building up to that you, you know you just have to find a way to get a rhythm for some of these guys because you you will need someone off the bench um in the playoffs and in the series I just think that finding a way like James played you know 42 minutes the last game I mean I think you got to find a way to kind of pull that down um you know let you know you know, maxie play some point guard or let shake come in and play more minutes I think you gotta Kind of pull those minutes down, especially as we go down here to the stretch run. You still want to give them their rhythm and get their shots and get the groove going. But I, I think James playing 42 minutes to me is a little high. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Tejo, uh what are you what are you thinking from the uh, the bench? I know when we were talking uh, the other night, uh, you were talking about how Niang's really the only thing we got coming off the bench right now as far as production wise.
1: Yeah. So at least in the last three games, we're shooting 15 to 50, 30% from the bench. If you take Niang out of the equation, we're shooting 26% in the last three. Um, it reminds me a lot of the Jimmy Butler team from 2019, actually. A very, very top heavy, very little depth. Our stars are playing like at least 38 minutes a night. Um, I guess this is why they caution against making really big midseason trades. I mean, we just like that season when we trade for Tobias and Jimmy. We kind of gutted our depth this year to get hard. so we lost three guys who would be, uh, you know, giving quality minutes in the playoffs with Simmons, Curry, and Drummond. And we pretty much got hardened because I think um, uh, Millsap's going to be out of the rotation for the rest of the season unless someone gets injured. But, yeah, I mean, Niang's clearly our sixth man. Where We insert when Thibel's not giving us enough offense. I think we're missing one more spark, like, you know, Eric was just alluding to. We, we need one more guy to go in there. And come in but you know maybe this is exactly why a lot of analysts say that it's really hard to win the year you you know make a huge mid-season trade unless you're taking on a bunch of death pieces kind of like what you guys did in your in your big run uh eric you know you guys did the the ratliff mutembo deal but i feel like that was more of like uh you lost the 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 the, the defender and rebounder and and um, ratliff you kind of just swapped in and brought in you know Mutombo just to do that same exact thing whereas we traded so many pieces for, like, one guy. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be tough.
0: We, we, we traded multiple players um, in, that, in that trade. I mean, we lost Tony, um, you know, Nazi, like, Theo. Like, guys, you know, Nazi wasn't playing as much. He, but he played a little backup center. But Tony, yeah. could, Tony was arguably a starter uh, or, you know, the sixth man. And he played really well for us. So, I mean, we, we lost some pieces, too. I just think that when we had – um, when D came in, it was just he just brought a, a dimension that, you know, because Theo was injured. Yeah, we, we didn't know when we were going to get Theo back. So that that's a little different from that standpoint because we had an injury. Um, but it was it was a little rough when when D, if you remember, it was a little rough when D first came back. I think we had like a, a five game losing streak at one time. Um, so I I get it. Um, and, and And it's it's tough to make that adjustment but but i but i firmly believe you know if you look at james history he he has historically been a little tired in the playoffs yep so you got to start pulling those minutes down i mean i think that um because teams are going to make him defend um they're going to trap him they're going to make give him some trouble on the offensive end because they want to kind of wear him down so i think if that's an issue we got to find a way to um, you know, and decrease his minutes now, um, make him less of a ball handler during the season. I mean, during the, the run where he, he can still take shots, but maybe someone else is initiating and he's just catching and shooting. Just just something different, I think, in addition to pulling those minutes down. But that's going to come with playing other guys because I think if you play other guys, then you can change um, with their expectations. So maybe Shake Milton was just a, a spot-up shooter but now he's maybe a spot up shooter that can extend your defense. Um, actually can extend your defense. You you have to, guys will have to take upon a little different roles as well. Um, but we will we'll never know if they're not getting out there and they are not finding a way to make it happen. I know it's tough. You're trying to um adjust. So we talked about Tobias and the adjustments that he had to make. And he's a starter in in, in the yep. number three options. So he has to make it. So you know. Other guys have to do the same thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, Green needs to make open jumpers. He just he needs to at least make two threes a game. I think the biggest detriment right now is Firk. I mean, we signed him. We gave him a, you know a two three year deal to come in and be a, a you know at least a fifteen and twenty minute guy off the bench. And it looks like the monster stole his skills. So I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, man. He he needs to find. He needs to you know do some soul searching and find uh, that game before the playoffs. We need that. We need it bad.
0: I mean, sometimes, I mean, just out there, you know, sometimes it, no matter if, if you got a guy that's a shooter, even when they're on the court, the the opposing team know personnel. They they know the team. So even if you have a guy that's a shooter and he's not making shots, they're still going to defend him as a shooter.
1: To so, the fans yeah. that are saying, though, give those minutes to Joe, for instance, though, I mean, how, how long do you give? I know, you know, a shooter is supposed to keep shooting, shoot your way out of a slump. How long do you give a guy like Ferk to do that, though, at the detriment of, you know, him being, you know, 10, 12% from three over a span of like five to seven games? He clearly just lost confidence. And
0: he just didn't. Well, I, I can tell good you good one fan. thing he's he's never going to make a shot if he doesn't play.
1: <laughs> that's, that's true.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so um, you got to find a way to kind of get him in there and, and based on maybe based on the, the way the teams play. If you plan a team that, really shrinks the court and they kind of late contest, then maybe you can build him up a little bit, knowing that that shot is going to come. Um, Maybe you call a few plays for him after timeouts or something, when you kind of force the issue with him and then get him out, get him caught, put him in before the end of a quarter. Maybe he can get a shot here and there, maybe pull him out after the next quarter has began. So, So sometimes you can put him in there and give him a chance to play, but really didn't give him a lot of clock time. But even though he had a opp- couple opportunities to kind of see if that shot is going down. Yeah,
2: yeah. And he- I, if FERC was a big was a was a was a big person for us in the uh, playoffs last year, that's yeah why, why we probably why we gave him a two or three year deal because I mean, he had like you know, he had some good minutes for us in that Atlanta series. Um, I guess my question for us, as far as bench guys go, um, it's you know we talk about giving our stars a lot of the bulk of the minutes. But we're talking about, uh, you know, Embiid, you know, obviously playing for the MVP. But DeAndre Jordan's only gotten about 11 minutes on average from all the games he's played in so far. Um, is that something that we kind of need to work him more into rotation, Eric?
0: Um, I mean, I think that his, his rotation is going to be based on how Joel was playing and based on who you're playing. Mm. Um, you know, have the other team that have, has a big – But if you have another team that when Joel goes out and they go extremely small, you don't know. You you may try it, but you don't really know how that's going to go. So I I, I think his minutes could be um, a little inconsistent as far as one minute. It may be 15. The next may be eight. So I think that was a tough call because, you know, it really depends on um, you can't because you can't play him and Joel together. Uh, so it's really gonna be how how much is he playing? How does he have it going? But I, I do think that um like I mentioned before, you can find ways to get him in there, maybe, maybe before you know a timeout's coming, before the quarter ends, and, and try to stretch Joel's breaks and, and giving you know Jordan some more minutes that way. But I think you gotta try to be a little more strategic with it.
2: all right um okay so moving on to our next topic this is something that was interesting because you know we talk about you know trying to get the bench guys more involved shake milton you know getting more involved um but this is sparks from uh joe Embiid's appearance on Jerry, draymond green's uh podcast um and in that podcast he talks about how he's been telling Harden to be more aggressive and if you look at the last few games hardens kind of struggled to shoot the ball um but he's kind of since he's been on the team he was averaging about 22 11 and six He's being kind of more passive, not being more aggressive to Harden that we that we see in Houston. But um, what do you, what do you make of, of, of Embiid saying that he's telling Harden to be more aggressive? What does that What does that mean to you? Do Do you think that Harden is being passive and he should be more aggressive? I mean, I, I mean, you know, when you, when
0: most people think of aggressive, they think shoot more. Um, I, I could see a little more playmaking. Um, picking and choosing his you know, opportunities in transition. Uh, I don't want James, personally, I don't want James to just take shots and take a bunch of contested shots. Like, I, I don't want that, um, being aggressive, you know, um, but that also takes a lot of energy. <laughs> and so I think, I personally think fewer minutes, more attempts, more aggressiveness um, goes hand in hand. So I think if we want him to be a little more aggressive, you got to pull the minutes down a little bit more.
2: Yeah, Tisha, when you watch Harden, what what, what what comes to mind to you as far as a fan just w- w- watching a James out there?
1: I mean, so last five games, for instance, uh, four of which against playoff teams, so that does matter. He's not just, you know, going against bottom feeders. He's shooting 32% from the field and 27 from three. Um, he is averaging over 20 points. So it's, it's not, you know, it, it's it's still good. But again, most of those are coming from the free throw line. He, yeah, I think he has at least 10 free throws in every game he's played with us, except for two, and those are the two he actually scored under 20 points, go figure, one we lost to the Nets, which was just an ab- absolute disaster. Um, he had 16 and 11 in those two games. So he, it looks like, and I, maybe I just didn't watch enough Harden, he just doesn't like, and even if they're open, he just doesn't like the mid-range. He won't, I mean, He just doesn't like shooting them. He either lays it up or He's like a, a Maury analytic, you know, uh, wet dream is he loves just shooting a a three, a step back three or going in, which I have no problem with. Problem is he's just so reliant on free throws. And as we've seen in the playoffs, they don't call it as much. Like his free throw uh, attempts go down in the playoffs and it happens every year. And I just don't want him to be either settling for a step back three or 10 of those a game or just relying on, on, on shots. So I am, I am worried about, you know, not only the playoffs and shooting less free throws, but just in the future, because like you saw guys like LeBron and, 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 and Kobe, for instance, they got leaner as their, as their careers went on. Cause they knew, you know, to stay with these 22 year olds, I have to be faster, leaner, quicker, more agile. And it seems like almost hardens the opposite. He's gotten more, slightly more out of shape almost every year. And I'm not saying he's out of shape because he's in, obviously in great NBA shape, but it seems like you need to get more leaner as you go along. And, and, we're going to give him a five-year deal, I mean, it does worry me for the future. I'd like to see him take a little more time and, and get a little more lean so he can keep going. I mean, because like you guys said, it takes a lot of energy to do that. He dribbles and dribbles and dribbles and, dribbles and then gets to the, like, go, goes in and, and, and drives 20 times a game. It, it's a lot, man. And I, I'm worried about him in the next three to five years once he's in
0: peak shape.
2: Yeah, Aaron, are you worried?
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, that's always a concern when you get when guys get older, um, you know, 10 plus years. I don't think it's just a situation where, you know, you have James. But I think that's a concern for for a lot of people. Um, but I but I see it from a standpoint that that's where adjustments has to be made. I mean, you know, yes, you, you spoke about you spoke about James having to make an adjustment. But I think the team do, too. Yeah. Um, you know, getting another primary ball handler in there. Um, So where now James can have some plays where he's actually off the ball. Um, So I think that, you know, so so where you worried about James? You got to be worried about making that happen, too. Um, You know, that's where Maxie has blossomed this year and he's able to have success. I think a lot of his success right now that he's having with James was the fact that he was able to play a primary role before he came. So he's still confident, he's still playing well, but he was a primary ball handler. So when James goes out, we can give him the ball. But I think sometimes we got to give him the ball when James is in the game. Mm-hmm. Also. Um, so now you take pressure. So now if you if you got your weak side defense and Maxie has the ball, is James Harden, Tobias Harris, and Joel and B. So I, I just think you got to kind of do some different things. And that's where Tobias getting more shots and being more aggressive. I think all of that comes into play for James having to do less and the burden not be so high on him and Joel, but at the same time pulling those other guys up. And that has to be, like I said before, sometimes it just doesn't happen. It has to be strategic. you got to kind of force it and make it happen.
1: And I saw it a couple times last game, too, because it's usually been Harden taking all the attention, driving and then kicking to Maxie. And Maxie's already sprinting while that defender is coming back to him and trying to get back to him. It happened a couple times last game where it was the opposite. Maxie was drawing the attention through to James, and James just darted for the rim before that defender got back. I think he had an and-one or he had a couple um, a couple of easy layups, open layups that way. I would like to see more of that where it's someone else taking the attention and then giving James an easy roll at it instead of the opposite because it always seems like James is just bringing everybody to him and he has to decide between trying to get an and-one or passing it off to someone who's open. So, yeah, for sure. I, I kind of compare it to um, – The Suns, you know, with an aging Chris Paul, he's had Cameron Payne to kind of take that pressure off him a little bit. And they even play together sometimes where he doesn't always have to be the guy facilitating the entire offense. I think he definitely needs someone. I mean,
0: you know, um, Booker has the ball in his hand sometimes too. That's true. Yeah. So they kind of both have the ball handling responsibility. So Chris is the great point guard that he is, but he still doesn't have that burden of having the ball, always all the time yeah <laughs> that's what i'm saying you kind of get that you know you know secondary or you know third primary ball handler i think that that'll help
2: yep yeah it's what's funny as you you say the whole aggression you know like how most people take aggression you know means shooting where it's like when i when i, when I want when i listen to mb say that i was like oh yeah he wants he wants hard to take more shots so it's it's interesting to hear you take that a different way eric I, I, it's always great getting the NBA insight, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so this game this is going to be a fun one. So this week, I, I feel like, you know, we had Jokic, age Now we're getting uh, Doncic this week. So with the game predictions uh, for tonight, um, last time we played the Mavericks uh, was the great uh, basket switch delay. I don't know if you guys remember that. About an, It took like an hour for them to bring in a new basketball hoop to, to come in. <laughs>
0: The game, ended,
2: the game ended at like, it was like eight o'clock game. The game ended at like, like close to one. It was kind of insane. Um, but in that game, we had a lead, lost it. They came back. I don't know if it was due to, you know, that delay that really, you know, maybe it sparked something. That Reggie maybe-
1: Bullock actually said after that game that that delay helped them reset their defense and, and figure out their defensive game plan for the rest of the game.
2: Interesting. So it was like another mini halftime. No? Yeah. <laughs> Um, But yeah, so we were up by nine. I think at most at one point in that game, they came back and they won. But uh, tonight it's in in Philadelphia. Last one was in Dallas. Uh, Right now we're a three point favorite. I know Embiid uh, as of an hour ago, he was still a GTD game time decision. I don't know if if anything's changed with that, but as of now, everyone should be playing. Um, So what are your guys game predictions and what are you looking for against Doncic in the Mavs tonight?
0: Uh, well, I'm taking the, the Sixers. Um, I think we, we can win this game, and I think we need to win this game. I think we need to um, win against a team that's playing well, a playoff team um, that's, that's really good on the road because they have a really good player that closes games and makes plays. So um, it's going to be interesting to see who um, Doc um, has defend Luca um, and how we defend Luca. Um, if you're going to switch, you're going to double them, you're going to trap them. Um, so so those those things will be a little interesting because you're going to – how you defend him and play him will tell me a lot of as far as how you're approaching the playoffs because every team in the playoffs pretty much is going to have a guy maybe not as good as Luka, but a guy like that where you have to put so much attention on one primary um, player. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. But I got the Sixers
2: what do you got?
1: So Dallas, I mean, they're playing their best ball, I think, by far the season. Maybe in a couple of years, actually. Uh, they're th- or fourteen and three in their last seventeen games. Thirteen of those are against playoff teams or play-in teams. Um, the last time we played them, we didn't have Harden, so that will, you know, that that's that's a little different. Um, we had a good lead on them. They switched to zone in that game and looked. We looked completely lost when they went to zone. We shot three of fourteen from three in the second half. 45% overall, and they scored us by outscored us by 19 in the second half once they switched to zone. So I'm gonna be very curious to see if they just start off doing that because it worked out so well. Um let's see how we do with zone. Let's see how we do with zone with Harden this time. Um, we opened up as 4.5 favorites. I think it's 3.5 now, uh, which is all interesting considering, you know, how good Dallas is playing right now. Um I think I, I'm gonna guess Thibault. We don't have Simmons anymore, so is gonna probably have to stick on and he actually had a pretty interesting quote I just saw about an hour or two ago. He said that on defending Luca, uh, you don't really don't slow him down because he moves at a snail's pace. It's just being physical with him because he's such a big guard. The small movements he does is all he really needs to create advantages, which I thought was very interesting. Um, so I'm gonna be very curious again, yet yeah, to uh to watch to see how he guards him and if he can stay out of foul trouble and keep him in front of him.
0: Yeah. Angles. He he, he uses angles really well and his size if you let him get an angle um even though he's not a fast guy you can't catch up you can't get back in front of him because he uses his size sh- his size and skill to 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 shield you and he can still finish in many different ways.
2: Eric as Sparks said the the zone when Dallas did it to us it's not the only team that's given us fits with the zone this year. Uh wh- why Miami do did- I think? Miami yeah that's the, that's the other one that gives us fits. Uh, why is it that we can't really, uh, I guess, I don't know, like, that we can't acclimate to the zone defense, but, I mean, what, what would you think the reason for a struggle like that is? I
0: think I think the primary reason is when teams go zone, um, I think Joel spends too much time on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. I, I think that if he, you know, you have some kind of, you know, system or offense where he can duck in and when you swing, swing, and he ducks in, two guys in that zone is going to have to defend him. Um, get him on the smallest defender on the bottom of the zone. Um, two guys are going to have to defend him. So I think the more we can have guys either in the paint or at the rim, we can shrink that, that zone, then we're just going to have to knock down shots. We'll get wide-open shots if that's the case. We're just going to have to knock them down. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting.
2: I guess we'll, we'll see how that goes. If they do switch to if – they, if they kind of start off in the zone, I guess we'll see if we've, uh, you know – have any zo- have any zone beaters?
0: <laughs> I would. I start them it off. I mean, have, it works if so well. Success with it, you'll see it more and more.
2: Yeah, that
1: will be twice in a row a team does it against us and succeeded too. So that's really going to show people the blueprint of hey, this is how. Just try it. Why not? So you know, we'll see. And if they go man and we start beating them by man, they'll almost definitely switch to zone at some point. I mean, why not at
2: that point? Yeah. Um, and this is a big game too, as far as seedings, uh, I know right now we are tied with Boston, same exact record. I think they have the tiebreaker on us because they head the head, I believe. Um, so m- must win tonight as far as staying in that three seed, unless we want to go to the four seed. Um, I think, I think right now, based on what we're playing, I think it's, I think it's three and then is six seed Toronto right now. I don't, I don't have the standings up right now, but anyway, big game as far as either flipping to three or four. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, that does it for us guys. Um, we'll see you next week as we discuss this game and then you know preview the, the games ahead. So thanks for tuning in to Believe in Seventy Sixers presented by Bet Online. For more, follow us on Twitter at Believe in Seventy Sixers. We'll see you guys next week. All right, take
0: care. Thank you for listening to Believe.